Hey, I want to uh, turn in your Bibles uh, to Luke, Luke chapter 3, and at first glance, you're going to wonder why we are talking about John the Baptist today. Uh, that seems to be one that you tend to bring up around Easter time, but we're going to hang out in Luke for a few different reasons, primarily because it is Advent. Uh, started Advent actually started last week, and depending on which tradition you're a part of, uh, you would have talked about the word hope, which is why I'm excited that Vision Sunday was on the Sunday of Advent that speaks about hope, a confident expectation, amen? And today is a bit different. Uh, again, depending on which tra- uh, uh, tradition you're a part of, uh, today you would reference John the Baptist because Advent is a, a word that means both preparation and expectation. Advent is a word that, that really th- the word means something is coming into the world. And it would have now, if you just simply say Advent, the word, if you look it up in the dictionary, it just simply means something is coming, something in an appointed time, uh, something is coming into a place. But if you see it capitalized, right, uh, you know that it's speaking of Jesus coming into the world. So the idea of Advent is that there was a prophecy given in the book of Isaiah, in fact, multiple prophecies, but the one primarily references in the book of Isaiah, that one would come to prepare the way for someone who was going to bring life, to, bring, to be the Prince of Peace, that all these kind of things described of him. And so people were in expectation, they were in preparation, they were in waiting for Jesus to arrive, for this Messiah to arrive. Now, sometimes we expect it in a different way, uh, but the purpose of this is that, that, that in Advent, we are in preparation for Jesus showing up. And so every year, in fact, in, in the Christian calendar, because um, you know you can't just have a calendar, just like you can't just have music, you got to have some Christian music, you have a Christian calendar. I, 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 this week was advertised to, to have a Christian planner. I don't know, but there's something in there that made it Christian. Um, it was the leather used or something. Um, regardless, I'm not, you know, you know just, it's okay. Um, and we got to have Christian movies. Um, but the Christian calendar actually starts in Advent. It does not start in January. It starts uh, four Sundays prior to Christmas. So there would always be four Sundays prior to Christmas where there'd be four key themes. And the idea being that you would be both in preparation and expectation of Jesus showing up. And, and it's not just a Jesus showing up at Christmas. It's also that Jesus would show up again. So in one sense for us who are in the in-between where Jesus has already arrived on the earth as a child in the flesh, we are also awaiting Jesus' second coming, Jesus' return that he would show up again and call upon his bride. And, that, that we, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about, have you ever heard the phrase new heaven and new earth? I, I, there's a chance that we have a weird idea of what heaven is and that what God's intent is somehow to get us off of this earth that he created. But, but really, as you begin to read through Revelation, you begin to read through the gospel, you begin to find out that really Jesus was trying to bring heaven to earth. And so his promise is that there would be one day a new heaven and a new earth. That's why you get into some weird statements that Paul makes about the resurrection of the dead. And he's not just talking about Jesus' resurrection. He's talking about ours. I'm really setting y'all up for thinking I'm a strange dude. But regardless, I'm going to talk about that hope because really our hope is built on the idea that there is something new coming. That there is something to be restored. That there there is something to look forward to. I'm going to talk about that probably in January. I'm not going to do that right now, but how's that for a teaser? 
And I do want to talk a little bit, though, about this idea that we are in preparation for. And so while we've seen Jesus come as a child in a manger, we are also in a place where we are in expectation of his arrival again. And that is the hope we have as believers, this confident expectation. And so second week of Advent typically is talking about John the Baptist. In fact, the second and third Sunday, again, depending on which tradition you're a part of, they kind of mix up the words a little bit. Sometimes it's uh, hope, love, uh, joy, peace. Sometimes it's hope, peace, love, joy, and however you want to do it. Uh, next week, though, we are talking about joy. And so if, if we've, got, um, we've got these cards did you like that? That was impressive. I'm just like so ready. And um, I should have done some kind of magic trick. And, uh, but let all the earth rejoice. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, on the way out, we've got a bunch of these made. And we handed out some of them last week. Hopefully you've used them all up. Um, but I would love for you to take several of these. We've got plenty. And I'd love for you to go invite someone for next Sunday. And really, for me, when we, when we began to talk about what we should say on this card, we started to think maybe we should say, let the earth rejoice. But we wanted to make sure that un everyone understood that it was all the earth that should rejoice. And no matter what kind of year you had, no matter what kind of situation you're in, no matter where you live or what your background is, we want all people to know that they can rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice, right? And so we really want you to go grab somebody. We said this, and we've said this a lot lately, and we said it again last week, that for people to see Jesus, they have to see... Okay, I just want to make sure you're listening. Three of you in five weeks. Wow, i got to work on my communication skills. But if for people to see Jesus, they have to see us. See us carrying our mats. See us rejoicing even in the midst of some of our circumstances. And so I really want to encourage you to invite four or five people. I'm tempted to wager that I will invite the most people. And I don't know what yet the punishment would be if I don't get the most people here. But I also have to figure out what the punishment for y'all is if, uh, if you don't get more than me. And no, you cannot add. You have to have one. It's one at a time. You can't, like, add it together more people than me. Although I still would take that challenge on because I'm competitive. Um, but I already wagered our lead team. I haven't given them the punishment yet. But I have wagered our lead team that I would invite and bring the most people to church next Sunday. Um, and I would hope that you would be wanting to jump in on that because I know it's going to be a special day. It's going to be an exciting day. And uh, I'd love to, uh, to see this place packed of people who are going to see Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hey, so we're going to jump in. Are you ready? All right. Luke chapter 3, and we're actually going to read it in NIV translation. Uh, Luke chapter 3. Go ahead and throw that on the screen, and we'll begin to read this. And again, I know it may not be uh, the normal Christmas uh, preparation Sunday for us to talk about John the Baptist, but we're going to do that and read a bunch of hard names in the process. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and, and Licinius... Just go to the next verse, my goodness. During the high priesthood of Annas and Cyphus, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah, the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way. Everybody say, prepare the way. 
Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight. The rough ways smooth. And all, everybody say all. And all people will see God's salvation. That's good, isn't it? There is a transition there where it says, prepare the way of the Lord, make a path straight. And then it says, what will happen when he shows up? So the valleys will be filled in, the mountains will be made low. All those things will happen when this one shows up. There's a lot of interesting things that happen in this verse. And I know know it's Christmas season, and we we even had some green and red lights this morning. Um, We're like, we're going all in. And I understand it's Christmas time. Some of you are buying presents. I just realized it's two weeks from the time I'm supposed to have this one, some Christmas presents. And uh, I always think it's like further away than it is. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm always like, babe, why are you looking on the computer? We're fine. And then it like hits me. We are not okay. (laughs) Like, I do not have what I need to have right now. And I'm pretty sure that shipping will not get it here in time. And I might have to go out there amongst the people and show someone what it means to love Jesus while being very deliberate and strong about choices that I'm making. <laughs> and uh, I'm never ready. I, but I did, I did, I already got something for her. Problem is, she knows what it is. So that is terrible. Um, but that's just Meredith. She likes to ruin all the surprises. <laughs> See, y'all ladies just need to let us have one win, okay? Just give us a win. My goodness. <laughs> Marriage advice. There you go. And so this, this, it might be a weird thing to talk about repentance on a day where we're talking about Christmas or on, in a season where we're talking about Christmas and you've gone and look at the lights and you got presents under the tree and, and we put candy canes the other day on our tree. It's gorgeous. And then we threw some colored uh, candy canes on there. That was fantastic. And uh, luckily, most of them are still on there. I don't know how that's happened, uh, but they're still there. And uh, that's because we give them easier to reach candy. So... Um, but we, are, we, we got all this stuff going on and, and all the joy and the songs that many of you have been playing for far too long. Um, but I don't blame you. I blame the enablers, right? I blame the radio stations. I blame the ones who call Black Friday a Thursday. That doesn't make any sense. Um, but I, 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 I blame all of them. So it is a little weird to talk about repentance. But again, if we're talking about preparation, repentance is actually a perfect word. Because Jesus, uh, is, he came with a message that the kingdom of God was at hand. And he, he actually, Jesus echoes what John the Baptist says, which is what? Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. See, I think sometimes we think repentance is like a really heavy word. Right? Some of you, even when I say it, you're like, oh. Oh, man. And all you begin to do is think about all the things you've done wrong. Right? And you begin to feel a certain way about the things and the choices you've made. And the things that you thought you were good with or the things you didn't think you'd mess up on. Or you, and you begin to think about all the missteps. And, you, and maybe, just maybe, there's a possibility we think of repentance in the wrong way. Because again, if you don't believe that the things God has commanded you to do are for your well-being or for your health, then you will look at words like repentance as a weight Rather than a freedom. You will look at words like seek first the kingdom of God and all these things should be added unto you. You will look at that as like a pressure thing. 
rather than a freedom, because the whole, the whole chapter is about worry. So he says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. It, it, it's amazing to me how many we, things we have turned into uh, commands so that we, we might just be uh, subservient and, 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 and that we might just always feel the pressure of doing things right rather than understanding he is a father who, yes, happens to be a king as well, but who is a father who is in his kingship also giving us commands that might make us residents of his kingdom healthy and life-giving and vibrant people. So when he says forgive 70 times 7, he, that's, that's, that sounds difficult, and it might be a little difficult. But it isn't because he wants to punish you. It's because he wants to bring freedom for you. And just a reminder, he says forgive 70 times 7 in a day. He's banking on the fact that you won't have to forgive that many times in a day. And I mean, I hope you don't. You got 500 times you got to forgive somebody. But I, I, I just want us to understand this repentance word is an important word. But, but before we get there, he, he says this. He says, prepare the way. He's echoing the prophecy of Isaiah to prepare the way. Meredith was on her way home last night, or not last night, the other night from uh, work. Uh, Thursday night, I believe. She'd been up there all day. She got home a little late. And, uh, and, and so, um, so I, I decided I was going to prepare the way for her to come home and just be able to relax and be home and just enjoy. So I got the kids in their pajamas. I, got, uh, I picked up all the toys and stuff. I, I understand some of you are like, well, shouldn't you do that anyways? Yes, but I'm doing it uh, that night with a special mission and special importance. And then I run a bath for her, light a candle, throw some instrumental music on in the bathrooms. So when she gets home... Uh, uh, she can just go relax. And then I get in my pajamas because, you know, and I'm just joking. And, um, <laughs> and I, I wanted to make sure I need to give more time. I need to give more time. Give more time to let that just fade away. All right. There's going to be at least one thing every single Sunday that rubs, like, just moves that religious stuff off you a little bit. Um, <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. So I, I, um, I wanted to make sure, I knew she was coming. I anticipated her being there. I, I expected her to be there at a certain time. So I began as best I could to prepare the way for her. I, I did the best I could to make sure that when she walked in, she wasn't thinking about this, thinking about that, worrying about this, worrying about that, that she could just come in and be home and just rest. Have you ever had someone that's coming to your house and you look at your house and you go, oh my goodness, this is not what it's supposed to look like. You know what I'm talking about. And so you, uh, you immediately begin to put it back the way it should have been. I'm taking you somewhere. Because repentance in and of itself is the recognition and the understanding that something isn't the way it should be. And it's the effort and the willingness and the intention to make sure that you set it back in place. And so repentance is not a thing that should cause you pain or even a thing that should make you feel something. Although you should definitely go, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But it is really a thinking, action, intentional word that makes you do something different and change your thinking about a situation. And so that's why... In John the Baptist saying, when he says prepare the way, it is immediately following Luke's description of his ministry, which is to say, hey, he came into the earth and said, hey, prepare the way. He came preaching a message of repentance. 
saying, prepare the way. As though repentance was the preparation for what Jesus was going to do. Now, I understand that this particular part of the gospel was prior to Jesus' death and resurrection. And so I understand that we can read this a different way from the other side of the cross and the resurrection. I get all of that, but Jesus actually echoes this at times as well. This idea that we should be people, and we talk a lot about forgiveness, You should forgive people, and you should. That's a big part of it. But there is also a part of our faith that is confessional. There is a part of our faith that is repentant. There is a part of our faith that is in regular, consistent fashion, us setting things back in order. And it's not a heavy thing. It's an action thing. So it is not really a feeling of repentance. It is a decision of repentance. So in preparation for Jesus being born, in preparation for our celebration of Jesus being born, and we will celebrate like crazy next week, is for us to be prepared through this this decision and through this intentionality of repentance, of setting things back in order. And so John the Baptist says, prepare the way, repent. Now, I, I have to be really clear about something. I, in fact, I brought a prop today. Can you hear me the prop? It won't make any sense to you all. This is uh, just one of the things that we have in our house that our uh, sons probably don't ever play with. Um, how many of you all know what I'm talking about? Parents in the room? Hey, man, I'm so glad I bought this for you so that I can use it someday in a sermon series. <laughs> Has no purpose in your bedroom. Um, because you don't play with it. And it's, I'm just noticing how many pieces it's missing. I don't know. And uh, the other night, it was about um, 4 in the morning, and Gray woke up. And we've recently put them in the same room. And, and, uh, and so Gray woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning crying. We don't know why. Uh, but, but when that happens, we have to kind of be quick to, to, uh, to go grab him because otherwise he'll wake up Kaysen. And then Kaysen starts waking up, and, 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 you know, it's just bad news. So I jump out of bed. I don't turn on any lights. I, I don't even bring my phone this time. I just believe that I knew where I was going, right, because I've, I've been there, done that. I've, I've gone in there before. Um, I've walked this pathway from our bedroom to their room before and so I walk in the door to um to our to their bedroom and um and again I'm 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 like not prepared for what's about to happen but I think I know where I'm going and so I just I just a straight line towards uh towards Grayson's uh crib He's, we still got him in a crib and uh and 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 it's it's the wooden kind uh that you know it's it's sturdy in other words if a grown man falls on it it ain't gonna break or move, or give at all. And so I go straight for the end of his crib, and, I, and I'm actually not entirely sure that this is the one, because we just didn't put away, there was like three of them. It was almost like a booby trap, just set up three in a row, and we hadn't put them away. We, we hadn't put them back where they go. And so when I walked in the door, I, with, with, with my boxers on, sorry for the visual, and I got, I got nothing, I just, I'm just, you know, and I, I step with bare feet, no socks, no shoes, no nothing, and because uh, why would I have shoes on? And, uh, and, and I step on something that hurts really bad. I can still feel it in my toes. 
And then you know that feeling, especially when you're in the dark and you don't have any clue what's next. Like you step on it and you're like, are there seven more of these? You don't really know. So you have no idea where you should put the other foot that isn't impaled yet. And, and so I step on this thing barefooted and I say, darn it. Real under my breath. <laughs> y'all know me. Y'all know that ain't true. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm working out my sanctification from glory to glory to glory into the image of my Savior. And I, I, um, I step on the thing, and then I don't know what to do with this foot, so I just basically, I just, I'm already like kind of midway, and I just, I, I just fall forward. <laughs> but I'm close enough to the crib that, and I don't, know where, I don't know where it is. Like, I don't know what's, you know, I just know it's coming. I just know it's on the way. Like, at, at this trajectory, I know, I know roughly how far I am from the door, I'm about, to, I'm about to hit that sturdy crib, and I, that's exactly what I do. I can tell you exactly where I hit the crib. You want to know why? Because there is a bruise running across my, I have a chest bruise, a forearm bruise, and an arm bruise, because I hit it like this, and I just fell straight into it, and I, ow, ugh, darn it, and, uh, and I hit the thing, and then I get up, and I'm still like, oh, i got to get this boy to stop crying. Because I'm still thinking, I don't want Kaysen to, to wake up. And so I'm like, you know, I'm just wobbling around. And I go and pick up Gray, and I'm mad. I'm just angry. Like, what the heck? Why is that not put away? And it is interesting, though, that for John, for John to say prepare the way in a word, using a word like repentance. Prepare the way. Because prepare the way is a future-oriented phrase, isn't it? it? It's not a dealing with the past phrase. It is a future-oriented phrase, and it's supported by this word repentance. The authors of the Bible would have seen this word. One of the, one of the words used to interpret that word repent is a word that actually meant to go back home. For them, they would have understood that as to go back to Eden. And not to say that we were ever going to get to a place where we were, uh, where, where, where it was looking like Eden. Uh, that's not really what the, the, the trajectory of the Bible puts us towards. Revelation is a very different thing. It's a city, but it's a garden-like city, if that makes any sense. And uh, these authors would have understood that this was to go back home. To, in, in other words, to go back to the way it was intended to be. So repentance, the word, is not necessarily just a word that says you should feel bad for everything that you've done. Repentance is a word that says, hey, you need to pick up all the things that have been done and put them back to where they originally go so that when it is time for you to take that path and for when it is time for Jesus to walk that road, there is nothing blocking his way. See, for some of us, we don't want to repent, and we are limiting our life because we don't want to let go of something so we can't step into something. Yeah. We, we, we will forgive people, but we won't ask for repentance ourselves, and we, we won't confess our sins one to another because, because well, that, that would cause me to look bad. And, and what we're actually doing is, is limiting what God can do in our lives because we have not put away things. In fact, here, let me just say it like this. If, if there is anything in your life, anything in our lives, and this goes for us as a community, as a church as well, anything in our church that is not 
as it should be, then let us change our thinking. Let us repent of those things. Again, not to make us carry a weight, but actually, rather, to let go of a weight so that we might walk into the way that Christ would call us to walk in. So this reason we have this manger and we have this idea that Jesus is showing up in the flesh. God is sending his son in the flesh. God in the flesh is showing up on the earth. Is so that through his life, death, and resurrection, he can restore things to the way they were intended to be. And while we are still in the in-between of that promise, that's why Paul says in Philippians, I believe that what God started, he will finish. That what he began, the good work he began, he will complete it in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's this idea that we are all in partnership with him, all in the plan, all in as people taking Jesus to every street, to every heart, that we might in every street take it back to what it was intended to be, a place of grace and forgiveness, a place of serving, a place of love and community, a place of wholeness and life and joy. And so that when we arrive next Sunday celebrating the joy that is found in Jesus, we have put away things that no longer need to be present in the path that we can hear and receive and walk with Jesus that we can allow the Holy Spirit to fully work in our lives in fact in Acts chapter 3 and I want to read this Acts chapter 3 and I'm going to read it and then read it out of the Amplified Translation so I'm going to read it first out of the New Living and then we're going to throw up the Amplified here in just a moment Acts chapter 3 verses 17 I'll start in 17, I think, and uh, go from there. Acts chapter 3, verse 17. Friends, I realize that you and your friends did to Jesus. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, okay. I want to make sure I was in the right place. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now, repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then, everybody say then, then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. So here's the people that are living in the in-between. They already watched Jesus die and rise again. They watched him ascend to heaven. And so now the, 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 the apostles and the disciples are speaking of a future hope. I want to read it in the Amplified Translation. Can you put uh, 319 up in the Amplified Translation? Do you have that? So repent. Change your inner self, your old way of thinking, regret past sins, and return to God. Seek his purpose for your life. So that, do you notice, do you notice the fuller version of what repentance means as you read it in the Amplified? That it isn't just stop doing, the, don't like just regret bad sins. Like it's more than that, right? It actually says, hey, your old way of thinking. How many of you know you're going to have to regret a lot more sins if you never change your way of thinking? And return. Seek his purpose for your life. So again, repentance is not just about feeling bad about what was. It is about setting things in order so that what might be, what could be, the purpose God has put in you and in us can actually come to pass. So that your sins may be wiped away, blotted out, completely erased. So that, everybody say so that. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. You all know a lot about that in Texas. Well, you know about the hot day. You don't know about the cool wind. We don't got cool wind. We got hot wind on hot days. But something happens when we are willing to understand that, man, you know what? Not everything in my life is ideal. Not everything in my life is as it should be. And owning that and understanding that owning that does not make us less qualified or make us less usable or, or somehow terrible people or God looks at us. No, no, it's actually in the owning of it and saying, God, I, I know that this isn't right. I want to seek your purpose. I want to seek your desire. I want to seek your future. Is actually the very thing that allows him to begin to work in your life and bring refreshing and bring restoring into your world. It prepares the way for Jesus. I want to go back to Acts chapter 3. I want to go back to, I'm sorry, I want to go back to Luke chapter 3. And I want to read the tail end of that verse. Could you throw that back up on the screen? Luke chapter 3, right around verse 4 and 5. Go ahead and skip through those. I am reading those again. <laughs> Prepare the way of the Lord. Now listen, make straight paths for him, okay? That's us. That's repenting. That's doing our best to renew our thinking. Romans 12, 2, right? Renew your thinking. Okay, go to the next part. Here's where Jesus shows up. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, and the rough ways smooth. And all people will see God's salvation. It's amazing what God does. When we are willing to put away our own ways of doing things, put away our own, and go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put that thing away so that when Jesus comes in to take hold of my life, when Jesus comes in to rescue me, when Jesus comes in to comfort me, when Jesus comes in to say, no, 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 you're good, when Jesus comes in to pick me up, when Jesus comes in to do life with me, when Jesus shows up to speak into my life, he's not stumbling over old things and old thought patterns and, no, God couldn't love me, no, God couldn't forgive me, no, I'm not going to forgive that, no, I'm not going to repent, no, I'm not. He knows that, man, I, I'm going to own this, and in owning it, He's able to take hold of it and do away with it. But so much of repentance is us taking what we know isn't ideal or what isn't as it should be and putting it in front of Jesus and going, I, I don't know what to do with this. And then he fills in the valleys and he brings mountains low and he begins to make a way and all of God's people see his salvation who is Jesus Christ. See, for you and I to really walk into Christmas season the way we want to and really walk into the new year the way we want to, the reason, the, the, the only way we're really truly going to do that is if we would prepare the way for the rejoicing, prepare the way for the celebration, prepare the way for anticipation. Man, it's fun whenever, I, uh, whenever we get the house cleaned up, we got guests coming over, and, and we got the nice plates out, and we got, you know, we got all the silverware out, we've got placemats, and we got all the stuff, and, and, uh, and the music's playing, and the candles are lit, and it smells good, and the food's prepped, and, and everything's going on. Man, when you, when you get to that place, and you know it's just about four or five, six, seven minutes till they show up, man, there's something about that, that little moment where you, where you keep checking the window, Right? Has anybody showed up yet? Is anybody here yet? 
You start to anticipate what is to come. You start to get excited about what's to come. You start to actually think about what's going to happen because you're no longer thinking about all the junk and all the things and all the stuff that's out of place. Now all you can think about is the guests you're about to welcome into your home. And I'm not telling you you have to do this of your own strength. I'm not trying to tell you that you got to forgive your own sins. That is not the point. The point of this is to simply say, man, you know what? There's some things that aren't as they should be. And I'm going to, for the sake of the future, for the sake of what is tomorrow, for the sake of what God is going to do in my life, I'm going to prepare the way in my life so that God can move freely in me. And no longer will a certain thought pattern, no longer will a certain idea, no longer will a certain offense, no longer will those things take hold of my life in such a way that I can't fully receive God's great grace on my life and blessing in my life. And so for some of us today, the decision isn't really about, will I forgive others? It's, it's really about, man, will I, just, will I just realize that maybe not everything is perfect right now in my thinking, in my attitude. I, and, and really, John isn't talking about the circumstances of these people. He's not really talking about uh, the surroundings, what they're going through. He, he's not talking about how, how good life is. He's not talking about any of those things. He's saying, hey, personally, in your life, in your spirit, in your heart, in your mind, in your thinking, have things been straightened out? Have they begun to work? Man, I'm here with you. Holy Spirit's here with you. He's going to walk you through this. He's going to be there with you every step of the way. But, but I, need you, I need you to begin to, to, to understand that this repentance thing is not a heavy word. It's actually a word that brings freedom and future and life and prepares the way for what God wants to do with you. That's why it's meant to be regular. That's why it's meant to be consistent, so that every day I can repent and receive his mercies that are new every morning. It, it, so that I can go, God, it's not all perfect. Okay, cool. Let me get to work. Hey, God, I, I, need, I know I need to change my thinking. I just keep thinking that everything will work itself out. And I just, I need, to, I need to change my thinking a little bit. I need, to, I need to actually start thinking a little bit differently about who I am and who you called me to be. I need to start thinking differently about how, how I believe uh, these things are working out. Well, maybe you're just trying to discipline me or maybe you're just trying to, no, no, I just need to realize you're my father. Maybe, maybe I need to realize that when you say nothing can stand against me, I, I, I should believe that, that, that I have overwhelming victory through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe I should believe that. Maybe, maybe I just need to start changing my thinking that I am a new creation created in Christ for good works for me to walk in them that 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 because you are for me who can be against me you know that all things are possible all those things that 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 no there were sin abounds grace abounds that much more no matter what my failure no matter what my rejection of your word no matter what my disobedience you are with me and you are for me in all these things maybe I just need to change my thinking and I've allowed certain thinking to stay in the way of what you want to do and I'm asking you right now to help me with my thinking. I'm asking you right now to help me with my failures. I'm asking you right now to shift some things in my life. And I don't want this to be just a feeling thing. I want this to me be going, I'm going to act upon this. I'm going to change the way I do this. I'm, I'm going to set some things up. And I may not do them perfectly. I already know I probably won't. But I'm willing to regularly and consistently forgive and regularly and consistently repent. Not because they're bad words or heavy words or difficult words, but because they're there for my freedom. They're there for my wholeness. They're there for my life. They're there for joy and celebration so that my, my anticipate every single day, that I might anticipate what's next, that I might anticipate Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday so I'm not holding on to old thoughts and old ways and old ways of doing things. I have been set free in Christ Jesus.
And God says, hey, I'm with you. What is it in our lives that isn't as it should be? What's, what's in your thinking that continues to get in the way of your doing? How can you today, over these next, because listen, the, the prize of Christmas is not the presents. It's not the good Christmas movies. It's not the lack of snow in Texas. The, the, the point and prize of Christmas is Jesus, the Son of God, in the flesh, showing up to restore and to refresh and to begin the process of putting things back as they should be to bring heaven to earth and it starts with you and I regardless of our circumstance preparing the way do you bow your heads with me Lord I thank you so much for today thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here, you are speaking. I thank you that we are not doing this alone. I love repentance because it doesn't require me to get everything right. It just simply requires me to recognize what isn't right. And it requires me to to put it before you and say, God, I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. I want you to speak into my heart. I want you to speak into my life. Yeah, I probably need to forgive some people, so help me to do that. But I probably need to ask for some forgiveness as well. Help me to do that. But help me to recognize those places that are not as they should be.